Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome to the social work race. I am joined by someone I've known for a little while now. That's better. Uh, someone I've known for a little while now, Nicole Lewis. Louis. Um, sorry? Louis. <laughs> so it's spelled Louis, but it's pronounced Louis. No, it's spelled Louis. <laughs> oh man, all this time. All That's this spelled time. Louis. Louis is L E W I S. Oh, so I've got L O U I S. That's Louis. Shame. Okay, I take it on the chin. I take it on the chin. Um, yeah, because I saw your name, but yeah, it's the pronunciation at the end of the day, isn't it? Right. And I'm guessing, okay, so what island are you from then? I'm from Dominica and Trinidad. Right. I so it's the my, Dominican. Right. I get you. And so, not Dominican yeah. Republic either, Commonwealth of Dominica. This is it. We need to know. We need to know. And it's, <laughs> been, a, it's been a pleasure to know you. And, and also I've known about your journey as a social worker. So what I'll do is I'll... Um, in fact, before we go into it, guys, please share and please subscribe to this channel. Um, you know, we're on, although you're watching us on video, if you are, you know that we're on podcasts on all the podcasting platforms, um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which are the main players. So please listen and please share because people who are in the social work field are on the front line of social care in any shape or form, healthcare you are a part of this story and this is for you especially uh, for students and this is where my heart goes out mainly to students people who are either newly qualified or entering the field um, this is a really good way to learn how to navigate your way through your career because this is a tough game mm. this social social care mm-hmm. field so yeah welcome please share it with your friends share it with your cohort so that we can get the word out there Today, we're talking with Nicole about a couple of things. But before we go into it, um, Nicole, I'll let you introduce yourself. Okay. Well, thank you for having me, first and foremost, Curtis. Uh, It's a pleasure. I'm loving what you're doing and seeing you blossom in this area of, of talking about diverse topics within social work. And this podcast is very different from others that I've heard in terms of the topics and the way the conversations are had. So I'm really glad to be a part of it. And I'm definitely down for anything that's unconventional. So I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So my name is Nicole M. Louis, and I'm the social worker strategy mentor. Um, My passion and my aim and my God-given calling is really helping social workers to really navigate their way to the next stage of their career, which in my view is independence. It's a natural progression for social workers. I'm completely biased. I'm just going to tell you that out the gate. Um, I think that there's a place for local authority work and, and, you know, Mm. other types of work. I think it's needed. I think we all work together in Mm. one melting pot when it comes down to it, but I think we need the diversity of people that work in local authority, private organizations, voluntary, everything to make the whole piece of the puzzle as it were. And so I help social workers really start and scale their independent business in a way that is not done in the conventional way that it's certainly Mm. here in the UK and even in the States, it's using an eclectic business model that I use, that I created 
and piece together that works for me. It allows me just to have the flexibility, freedom, no ceiling on my income, ability to serve on a very, very deep level and in a way that aligns with my values. And I'm not tendering, I'm not getting government funding, I'm not relying on assessment work or report work or anything like that. So it's like running a real business, um, but doing it within the industry and filling the gap in the market. So I'll be able to talk maybe a little bit more about that and why I think that's so important. But that's what I do essentially. And my community are global. My launches are everywhere in the world. So I love it. Love, love, love it. Man, so we need to know you, right? Because <laughs> I'm I'm all about, and I've said it on previous podcasts, I love when, because we, we did a previous interview with um, Ade from Agency Connections who set mm. up the, um, the first fostering an adoption panel agency and she's focused on getting more minorities on to fostering and adoption panels and I'm so interested in how people and I call it hustle can I use that word I guess I can um how people hustle how people entrepreneur with their social work degree mm. and their social work registration and that's exactly what you've done so you are completely independent now You've taken yeah, the leap for seven years. For seven years, yeah. Okay, um, I, I think I want to dig more into what you do. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you do. Um, what what are some of the things that you actually do in terms of what we call work? So my my serving, I call it serving, and I I enjoy it so much. And I guess what I do is I speak with social workers wherever whatever stage of their career at so I have people that are actually um newly qualified or not even on their AYSE and they come to me inquiring oh, about can you hear me I can yes oh look what's go- oh there we are look I'm I saw a little cat with a tail <laughs> saying yeah. that you were looking for your phone uh, no wi-fi does its own thing sometimes Okay, continue. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Mm. So I I see social workers at various stages of their career, whether Mm. they're on their AYC program all the way to um, they've been in their their service manager. One of my mentees, service manager, starting an independent business. So um, yeah, I'm I'm basically helping them look at what do they have in their hands, what skills, abilities, not just within the industry, outside of that, that they want to merge. So when I think of Bianca, one of my mentees, she has a phenomenal ability and talent of baking, baking beautiful cakes. And um, she loves creative writing also, but she's also a great social worker and has a passion for young people. And so we're creating a niche um, and newly qualified social work. So we're creating a specialism for her where she's tying in all of those skills into the business um, because she already has like the baking business on the side. But like most social workers, missing the foundations and the understanding of the underpinnings of how to actually run a business to make it thrive. So we're actually able to merge her business with her current business and her various passions all in this business of specialism within the health and social care and social work field. So it depends on really what people are doing, what their passion is, what they love, um, and making sure that they, they're creating a business that fits around their lifestyle, not the other way around. So that's the main thing for me. And I think the core aspects of that is having various income streams. I teach eight within that specialism so I'm not talking about going and doing crypto then going and doing a bit of social work Mm. then doing a bit of EDT and something else to make it all come together know everything within your specialism if you do anything else outside and you've got time for that that's a bonus Mm -hmm. but it's really understanding how to create a wraparound service for your clients where you're serving them at a very very deep level like 10 layers deep so they're really making a transformation Um, So that's essentially what I'm doing and what I'm teaching. And I have um, various programs and methods that I do that so that people can engage at any stage and whatever their finances are so that nobody misses out, basically. Mm. I'm really intrigued now because (laughs) I'm really intrigued because initially I'm thinking, Nicole will be helping me advance my, and you probably do do that, just simply advance my career by helping me fulfill myself. It's okay to help me fulfill myself 
in what I like to do in social work, <clears throat> but also to become independent. But you're taking it further. Mm. You're saying, what else are you good at? And how can we incorporate that into, mm. and is it in line with social work or is it is it to blend yeah. the two? Wow. Yeah, it's in line with social work. So I have another mentee, um, Phil, who had never even heard of independence and then somehow found me, I think it was on LinkedIn. He saw a live webinar that I did with Neil Thompson um, on my friends and, and colleagues in the field. And he said, oh, this sounds interesting. Let me find out more. Well, fast forward a year later and he's semi-independent and steadily heading into full independence. His mm. passion previously in his life was filmmaking. And so we've merged filmmaking with social work. And so he's going to be sharing the narratives and stories of service users, social workers, but he also does um, promos and marketing for councils. So, you know, oh, and there are more things you. that... I need yeah. to talk to you. I've got some ideas. Yeah, um, and that's listen. what I love. I love, love, love when people come to me with amazing ideas. There's one thing, and there's a caveat mm. that I want to say, a couple of caveats. One mm. of the things is sometimes social workers come to me with these amazing ideas, but they're ideas that do not actually align with what they genuinely want. So social workers will come to me and they will always say, I want the freedom, flexibility, I want mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. I want more money, more financial freedom. But then they'll come to me and say, I want to open up a care home. That doesn't give you any of those four things. So what we do is we get to the core of what it is you're really wanting to do. And we create that without you having to attach yourself to liability that will keep you stuck. Mm, okay. This is that very realistic. You keep, our feet, realistic. You, keep our, you keep our feet on the ground. What, what, yeah, what do yeah, you want yeah. and what you're going to yeah. get? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also sometimes my mentees, like one of my other mentees, Sarah, she is an amazing businesswoman in her own right. Um, she is generating six figures regularly on months because of the work she does with local authorities. She has a home, um, a care home um, that she has several, in fact. And so what we've been working on um, is the fact that how this has kept her stuck, although the money is amazing, yeah. it's keeping her stuck. She's actually working way harder than when she was in local authority. Mm. Um, and so she was hemorrhaging money. There was all sorts that was going on because again, the fundamentals of business was not there and pieces. Yeah. And she's because she's so multi-talented, she was actually a manager. And because she's so multi-talented, she was doing this, she's got this business, that business. And so had to kind of just rein her in and say, girl, this sounds great, but we're going to put that on the shelf for now. This is what we need to focus on. So it's very methodical and structured as well. So you can build if you've got different ideas, that's great. Bring all of them, but we're going to put them in a structure because you cannot do all of them at the same time. If you're going to go deep and really serve and make the level of impact you want to, where we're actually making real changes in society, you have to serve people at a level that goes way beyond what is being done. And we need it in this industry. So, you know, I, I help you to hone in on your skills, but I also help you to structure and think about what comes first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth. Mm, right? mm, so we're not going to make you work like a pay train. <laughs> what, what made you set this up? What made you, what fact, made this you set let me, this up? Let me, let me broaden on a question. <laughs> you were initially a social worker mm -hmm. and you had an idea one day, which was to do something different. What triggered that for you and, <clears throat> and, and why did you set this up? So let me tell you what the thought was when I first became independent was I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew was that I didn't want to work for the local authority anymore because I was burnt out, tired. Yeah. And I was fed up of the late nights. Yeah. I, I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't mm. sleeping properly. I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking about families that I was working with. Mm. Um, I was very stressed. I was tired. And I didn't really have any, I had no work-life balance, but I also didn't really have anything else going on other than going to work and going to church. Mm -hmm. That really was the my life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can remember it one day with the last local authority that I was at. And I was sitting there, it was about 10 at night, writing up an assessment. And I just sat there and I don't know how the thought came to me, but I just thought, you know, Nicole, you're 35, you're going to be 35 in a couple of months. I remember this was in June. And it was like, are you going to do this for the rest of your life? Like, mm. how long are you going to do this? What is it going to be like when you're 40? 
Mm. Um, and I just said, I can't do this anymore. And I literally stopped writing the assessment. I got the email up and I wrote my letter of resignation. I, it was an email, it wasn't even a letter. And I just sent it off. I had no plan. I had zero business acumen. Let me understand. I didn't even know what a tax return was. I couldn't explain. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I had zero this acumen. Mm. But I, I knew that I wasn't going to be doing what I was doing. So wait, wait, wasn't this cooking in the back of your mind? This is somewhere where I want to go. I had thought about independence and mm. I had, and I think it was about three years prior, I saw in um, my neighbouring local authority, you could see a business advisor and they take you through income and expenditure. It was really budgeting. Um, there was no real business fundamentals of how you run a business. Like mm. it was not enough for me to get started with. I needed way more help and that's eventually what I end up buying in I've spent a lot on investing in my um, understanding business how to do business very unconventionally also yeah so I'm kind of always a step ahead understanding like credit control all of those basics that come way before the other unconventional stuff you know I invested heavily in that learning I made a lot of mistakes I was duped by accountants try to rip me off I've had all of that experience I've learned the hard way with the learning was like that steep and mm. very steep mm. um but you know it's it's helped me because I had to learn and implement really quickly mm. so initially I did not have a clue my first thing was that I needed a holiday so I booked a holiday to St Lucia for two weeks and um mm. I had about a month worth of money to my name I was an agency worker and again I didn't even know how to manage money properly back then because I was always live, living this feast to famine kind of situation even though I had mad money coming in it was crazy so um and it was a lot of it is around mindset and understanding what you need to do so a couple the two of them coupled together and so yeah I went on holiday and while I was away I kind of was getting myself together with my laptop and I was making sure that I was getting things organized I started building my structure and thinking about what I was going to do how was I going to do it and I started thinking about programs things that I wanted to create um, and I remember school reached out to me. I knew that I wanted to kind of be doing different things on different days. I didn't want to be in one place like it was a contract in one place. I wanted to be doing different things. So that's what I created. I was working with schools, um, creating programs in colleges. Um, I was working doing supervised contact. I did the odd assessment and report, but it wasn't necessarily parent in assessment stuff. It was risk assessments, human rights assessments, things that were a bit out of the on the cusp, you know. Mm. quite different um I would also work uh with clients who just needed to buy me in for one thing or another so for example if they were going to court and they needed some assistance and advisory um with their children and stuff like that I would go and do odd little ends and pieces like that were very different that didn't really fit into a box and the way I packaged my services people liked it and so they came to me because it wasn't just like a supervised contact there was always more with it that created mm. that wraparound service mm. um, and so I also worked with a lot of high-end clients I've worked with footballers um, a, a chief exec of a well-known food brand here in the UK that was my client so I had lots of different people like that mm. as well um, and and really good soliciting firms that gave me repeat work as well so and it got to a point where they kind of would talk to other firms about me and people would refer me. So then I, I didn't have to advertise um, after a time. So, yeah, so that's kind of how I went, got to that bit. But then I, I've noticed that um, being part of different groups um, and associations related to the industry, I noticed the conversations that were happening, that people are struggling with things that I struggled with right mm. at the beginning because I didn't know, but quickly implemented after learning and then I'd have friends that were asking me what, you know, how was I doing it? Because they were having problems with local authorities and stuff. And I'm thinking, about why are you working with local authority as an independent? It didn't make sense to me. Um, and so they started asking me things. And I thought, hmm, there's something here. I think I need to be sharing what I'm doing. How can I help people? And so mm. in, I think it was the end of 2018, I started beta testing my what is now my social workers launch a freedom program and I also did my beta launched my goal crushing container which is the service that I provide for anyone who's been on any of my programs so that they can continue to get the accountability and the support to move forward and implement the rest of their action plan their launch plan 
And so that went, those things went really well. And then I utilized my system of my goal planning, which um, I created my own goal planner and journal. Um, yeah. And I've got the three editions for that one for people in business that's not in the industry, the independent social workers version, which is what I use, which is a hybrid of the business and the social workers edition of social workers that are just in local authority or working with someone else. So I used that and I looked at that with goal planning. How are you actually going to plan your independence and actually realistically hit your target? Yeah. And, and that came about because I created the plan for myself and my friends liked it. And I thought, oh, maybe other people like it too. Well. It's good for social workers. Yeah. So it all just kind of came together, I guess. And then then, you know, I created the Accelerate Now program, which is where I work with people on a one-to-one, -one, and then the strategy consultations. Um, yeah, and then it's just pieced together. So I understand how to take people from one from ground zero all the way to independence where they're hiring um, contractors to assist them so that they can be more hands-off, which is what I'm doing. So now I'm in the mature stage of my business where I'm working on my exit strategy. What do you mean by exit strategy? So my exit strategy, which is where I can be completely like hands off and, and spend even less time. At the moment, my my put in hours for work are maybe <clears throat> about 10, maybe, maybe 10 hours. So I'm working on mm, so I'm working mm. on reducing that even more. Where I want to be just focused on ministry, which is around um the social work um it's the spa for social workers that I'm creating um, for social workers to access around the globe where we can really focus on our health, mm -hmm. self-care and everything like that. So that's how I'm getting the pipeline that I haven't even really spoken about much of. My launchers know about it. Those that are really on my programs in my community. So that's just a, a little exclusive for you. But okay. yeah, that's where I'm kind of heading to because that's what I really, really want to get to and really love. And yeah, so. that That is a lot. And the thing is, it doesn't sound like pie in the sky. It sounds very no. real. A lot of what you're talking yeah. about, you've done. That's, that's the beauty of it. Mm. And I've, I've got a couple of questions for you. In fact, before we go to your questions, uh, let me just throw your, how can we contact you? And I'm going to ask you this later on as well. Yeah. So you um, can go to the website. Yeah. It's NicoleMLouis.com. Um, and that's the, that little pop-up there is where you can actually become part of the community uh, of launchers. We're global. I've got people in Hawaii, all over the UK, Canada, America, all over Africa. Um, the predominant base is here in the UK, but there's also India, Pakistan, um, places in Europe. So you can join that and you'll get my five simple steps to independent social work status. It's a guide, workbook and checklist. So it's tangible things. I'm very much about accountability and very much about taking real action. So you will actually be able to start taking tangible steps to start planning for independence um, and looking at a date, when is a suitable date for you and everything. And so you'll be part of a community and a movement that wow. understands that we are doing social work in a very unconventional way. And so you will need the support of a like-minded community to actually um, stay the course and understand what you're doing because everyone else out there is either doing therapy if you're in the States and the Americas yeah. or even the Caribbean because some of my mentees are in the Caribbean too um, or here in the UK it's very much about reports and assessments and we're not doing either necessarily yeah in in the way that it's structured at least certainly so that's where you can find me I'm on YouTube LinkedIn, Facebook, that. everywhere. Yeah, that. And it's yeah. a really nicely laid out website as well. Thank you. I created it. I, I built my website. It's good. I'm very it's proud really. of it. <laughs> and there's zero coding. Zero coding. So, <laughs> that yeah. might be something you might go into in the future. That's the way forward, apparently. Well, yeah, IT is really on, on the up. Mm. So, yes, so that's where you can find me. And, you know, um, you'll see me doing okay. live streams. You'll see me partnering and doing things like this um, with people uh, in the industry um, mm. and even outside of the industry. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot more. There's a lot of stuff that I have planned for my launches this year. I'm very excited. Very excited. So so we know you're not gassing. You are You are talking about what you've done. And you're talking mm. about what you're doing. And that's mm. something that's probably our most powerful tool is the life lived, yeah. not the life, yeah. not, the, yeah. not the sermon, but the life lived. 
Mm. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you on this before we move into a, a topic of interest. Mm -hmm. If I'm newly qualified, mm. is it too early for me to consider working with you? No, not at all. Um, I have got people who are, have not even been on their AYSE. They're fresh out of uni mm. and they're already seeing from just being on placement Mm -hmm. what it's like and they're maybe just about to start working in a local authority who's going to hopefully place them on an AYC program but they're seeing the stress the burnout the pace the caseload yep. and all of those things and also the lack of resources um the lack of flexibility and creativity and they're very scared they're wow. very scared about what the future holds they're not sure if it's something that they want to do anymore they're worried mm. about the longevity, but a part of them knows, in their mind at least, that they have to go into that if they want to get the experience. So they're willing to do it for maybe three to five years, which when I hear those numbers sounds like a sentence, it, it feel, that feels like a lifetime to me when because I'm seven years in, right? So I'm thinking, wow, in that time you could be doing... You could have been... Yeah. Wow. But, you know, yeah. obviously to them, yeah. they don't know that. And so... They're talking about, you know, three to five years, I'll do that. And then I'd like to look at independence. And then when I ask them, so what is it that you want to do for independence? And they're kind of, sometimes they're not sure. Or they'll say, well, I really like, you know, with older people, um, being able to help them stay at home or remain at home. And I'm like, um, or they might say, uh, you know, I've got a passion for working with teenagers yeah. um, uh, that, that are maybe at risk of, you know, going off the rails or maybe yeah. what's considered going off the rails or maybe where they might have mental health challenges or whatever mm. it might be. And I'm saying, so tell me what are you going to be doing in local authority that is going to be similar to what you're doing in independence? And they can't quite pinpoint it. And it's usually because they're not going to be doing anything that's the same because by virtue of what you do in local authority statutory services, you are working within legislation you have yeah. mandate to proceed that Very you would not have as an independent. Mm. So you're going to spend three to five years of stress for why? Why are we doing that? Mm. What, what, how's that really going to help you? Now, granted, there might be, there's going to be insights and information that you're going to get, but you could get that through training. You can get that from having conversations, interviews with social workers that are in it. Um, experience is always the best teacher, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And so what I, what one of the ladies, uh, when I think about Vivian, um, that I mentored, uh, we had a consultation. One of the things that I, I said to her was that, okay, what you can do is if you're going to go into it, have a time limit and a cap that is not as extensive as three to five years because you're not going to need that. What you're going to experience is so much burnout that you're either going to fall out of love with it or disillusion. That's, um, that's, what, what, that's the reality of what happens when people end yeah. up coming to me. Um, yeah. And so I say, okay, go get your experience if that's what you feel, but you have to be very strategic and methodical about why you're going in there. What do you need to get out of there? What connections do you need to be creating? So it sets you up. And you also need to know very clearly, what do I want to do in independence? So when you go in there, it's targeted. So we even strategize her AYC and how she's going to be utilizing that to set her up for independence. Okay. So everything's got to be purposeful. Mm. So it's not too early. The longer... Um, the road that you have to run up to it, the better for you, because that's planning, it's putting things in place, it's building your business. And by the time you say, hey, I'm going independent in like, let's say for an independent, uh, newly qualified, they might say two years, um, they're going to be independent because they've done their AYC, they've had an additional year um, of experience somewhere else or in the local authority, then they've already been building their business, they've got their followers, they've got their audience, they, they've got their structure, they've got all their programs, everything created and planned out, not just mapped out, but planned out and created, they're just ready to, to, to start earning. And you know, people on my program start earning before, before the program's even done. Say that last bit again. It might be helpful for someone. Yeah, so for people on, on my programs, I teach them how to start utilising their income streams before the program's even finished. So that means that they are earning, they're seeing yeah, the earnings, the increase in earnings. Earning before the program's done. Because be I'm spending, depending on the program that you're on, I'm actually, if you're on my Accelerate now, mm. I'm creating your program with you. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So your, you see your page like how you saw mine, my website page, your first landing page to be able to get your clients coming in. We set up a couple of your first income streams, your lead magnet to build your audience. I set those things up with you. Is and anyone I'm else out there doing this? I haven't seen it. No. Everyone that comes to me tells me that no one's doing it. I haven't seen anyone out there, and, and not to say it isn't happening, but I haven't seen anyone out there setting up or, or guiding people through to becoming independent social workers. Mm-hmm. You are the only and one. If they are, people. they're not using my methodology. Mm. And they're not working. In, I mean, I know of another um, social worker who's abroad in the States, actually, um, that teaches people how to, um, social workers, how to set up their business and stuff. But she focuses on tendering. And so one of the things that she's wanting to do is get out of that herself, which is why she's going into teaching people, um, because yeah. she's kind of run rugged and she's working under their time scale there, which is just not what I do. I, mm. Everything is my time scale. When I say it's going to happen, how I say it's going to happen, mm. I'm not in a box. Mm. Powerful. So, and and this, this leads me on to something else that we were looking at talking about, which is, and you know, time flies when you're enjoying yourself, you know, um, mm. but, but, I just had a conversation this morning, just as a coincidence, with someone from my old uni, who, who, yeah, I won't go into who it is, but they they are um, questioning where social work is going. Mm. I was in where I was at, I was at work this week, talking with managers. Where is social work going? Mm. Having conversations with all, all other so, um, social workers on a regular basis. Where is social work going? Because they're leaving the profession. And it looks like, you know, we won't need to go into it again, but it looks like you go in with maybe rose-tinted lenses. Get mm, burnt yeah. out. And statistically, that's and that's going to be my next podcast. I think I have to do it. Mm. Um, we're leaving faster than we're covering the posts. Yeah. So we have massive deficit everywhere. Where do you, you know, social work has changed since you came in and where do you think it's going? And and that's the the broad question for you. Yeah, there are a couple of things I want to say on that. Where you say we're leaving in droves, it's absolutely true. I have social workers come to me. Oftentimes, as I said, they've kind of done the revolving door syndrome for themselves Mm -hmm. where they're like, I really need to get out of this. And then they'll have a day where things have been okay. So they're like, oh, you know, my clients made good progress. This has yeah. happened. This is yeah. why I'm doing yeah. it. So I feel like I can start, I can do this. I could do another mm. 10 years of this. And then the day after next, they're like, oh, I need to leave again. You know, but that revolving door syndrome has it takes its toll psychologically, emotionally, and even physically. So a lot of social workers are experiencing in ill health that I've certainly come across, um, mm. whether it's from emotional, mental, mm. i.e. depression, but also physical miscarriages, mm. um, IBS, all sorts of things, you know, that are probably also somewhat lifestyle diseases um, that we yeah. experience. But it's exacerbated. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's also because of our lifestyle as social work is fast paced. We're dealing with a lot of stress and that cortisol turns into a different chemical, which becomes very unhealthy for us. You know what? Let me me add to that. You're you're not sleeping at night. You're thinking about your cases. You don't sleep. You wake up tired. You've eaten late. You snack because you're on the move and you're eating crap. And then you're expected to function and be on time and on target. All of that. And it's the the, what's happening for the brain. The brain is is 
wow, it, it's mm. pulling at to be yeah. able to, to keep this body going. And mm. things like sleep is the motherboard of all your functioning for your brain, mm. for the mm. organs and everything. And that's mm. a whole nother thing. Like yeah. I yeah. have a 10 day get your mojo back challenge where I go into a lot of detail around that and about the development of the brain and, and emotional intelligence, all those things that yeah. plays its part. Mm-hmm. But that I say this to say that, yes, yeah, social workers are coming to me, you know, with that exact thing that I want to leave the profession. And what they really mean is that they want to do social work in a different way. They want to do it in a way that they thought they were right. going to do. There's not one social worker that's come to me that has told me, yeah, I'm doing exactly what I thought I would do. They're not doing that. They're mm. not. There were no flies on me when I was doing uh, my studies because I was employment based. And that was one of my strategic plans that I had for myself. Um and so, you know, by the time I qualified, I was already holding CP cases where it was supposed to be protected. Yeah. <laughs> I was already holding those CP cases and I I was yeah. I'd already developed the bad habits, if I'm completely mm. honest with you. Mm. So I was my feet were well and truly under the table. So whereas my counterparts that had finished, you know, I've got one that's doing yoga teaching right now, like nothing. Another one is doing filmmaking like nothing to do with social work because mm. they just wanted to exit because it was not what they expected. So, yeah, it's it's a definitely a thing where people are leaving and so newly qualifieds that are coming are, I, and I think this is also part and parcel of how the shift in social work has happened um, to a greater extent, that what's available to newly qualifieds, even with the AYSE, is not meeting the needs or the standards perhaps and I don't know what the research says about what most social workers you know in England and Wales are saying about how Mm. they feel set up and supported in AYC but I can tell you the ones that I've spoken to and certainly the trends that we're seeing that the the experience level and the quality of social work you know from what I'm hearing is not necessarily where we'd like it to be so very experienced and well-versed social workers are leaving yeah. whether it's because of the money I think most most of the people it's not about the money it's about the lack of time they have for themselves it's the burnout it's the stress it's the high case loads and I think a lot of that has been because of some of the trends that we've seen in changing in society like society's become more complex they're more um, multiple issues yeah. that families are facing and when I say multiple, I'm not just talking about one, two or three. There's usually a, a myriad of things, not to mention, you know, you're dealing with significant things like it's significant mental health, it's significant poverty, it's mm-hmm. um, significant, um, uh, you know, childhood traumas and multiple mm-hmm. layers of patterns that you're dealing with in families mm-hmm. and pathology. There's just a lot of things that are just need a lot of attention like you need that 10 layers 20 layers deep of support for families and and that means taking time building relationships having tools to do that but um it feels that with you know certainly the pending increase in everything that we're going to see in terms of the cost of living that's coming is also going to play its part in what's going on for families and then you've had the child deaths that have shaped the way we work in social work so we're seeing a lot more of processes needing to happen and tick boxing and things like that to show that things are being done on a basis. Yeah, that's right. But what's missing with that is actually we need the time to just get back to basics, which is building relationships of trust between clients and, and us as social workers so that they can feel able to, to be honest and share. And I can say that from experience. You know, I could say that from experience where when you work with a family, even those that are deemed hard to reach or don't want to engage, I've been able to successfully engage with families where they have admitted when a child, a young person has told me what they've done, a historical incident of abuse. And I've gone to them and they've told me they've been honest and said, yeah, that did it did happen like that. And then I took it down child protection and we were still engaged. That family yeah. was still engaged with me. So it's really about taking that time. And I can remember I would spend a lot of time doing my prep like from writing down in my notebook what are the questions that I'm asking what is the plan and the purpose just the we're just going back to basics literally making sure I've got the right tools and thinking how is this going to be to how am I going to engage this family to discuss this what activity can I do what what can I do and and oftentimes when you do activities it's hitting more than one base 
Yeah. You're not just getting information, you're letting guards down so the conversation will be free-flowing and they're going to share information that they may not have even considered sharing. Yeah. You know, and you're getting them as a family to interact and engage and interface and break down some barriers. And I think we, we there's just so many new things and new theories and concepts coming out and it's like can't we do this can we just can we just juice it all and just go back because, to be, because because some of us at least some of us know that and, and i did a, a recent uh, a previous podcast on this topic entitled relationships are the key mm. and in my opinion working with families and children if you don't have a relationship with them you don't have anything you can tick all the boxes right. you want but unless you, unless we as social workers get the time with all our cultural differences to sit down with a family and, and over the weeks build a relationship, mm -hmm. we aren't doing the work. Right. We really aren't. And, and that's mm -hmm. why I appreciate what you're offering. A sidetrack. Mm -hmm. I want to come back to the question, but I, like, I appreciate what you're offering because you're offering people the ability to independently work mm -hmm. at a reasonable pace Mm. and make that contact with people mm. so that we can properly socially work yep. and serve. Yep. And, you, and the interesting yep. thing about it, I noticed it, you use the word serve. I know my yeah. screen's frozen again. <laughs> you, you use the word serve. Yeah. And I really, that's when I know that you were still about social work. Ignore that. that the, the, mm -hmm. the Don't worry about the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so that's why I know that I would trust you mm. to guide someone Thank and guide you. me to, to independence because it's about mm. proper social, old school social work, right? Mm. Mm. And, and the thing about it, I want to say on that is that one thing I always say is you cannot serve from a deficit. And it's not to say that social work is out there on front line or in any other capacity is not doing great work. As I say, mm. it's a win-win-win and I'm going to come back to that. Remind me to come back to that win-win-win. Mm. Mm. it's a win-win-win for everybody but and I think that people are doing great work in local authority but where social workers are I've had social workers cry on breakthrough consultations with me because they're really re making a breakthrough and realizing I'm not in my purpose I should be working with teenage girls who have become pregnant because that was my story yeah you know or whatever it might be you know and feeling that they're just so depressed and they just can't do it anymore when you are showing up for work every day and you were dealing working with people who have got greater and experienced greater difficulties and traumas than you how are you showing up for them and I'm not saying that you're not showing up well but you're going to be work, you're working from a deficit and if you're doing a good job now imagine how great a job you will do if you're working from a place of mm, overflow of, of course this profession is not just a job or vocation it is ministry I believe that I believe it's a calling because you could be you could chosen to do anything else in the world you've mm. chosen to work with with in a sector where you're working with people who are marginalized their voices are not heard there's mm. so much risk for them you know people have a lot of assumptions and oftentimes negative narratives to say about them because they just don't understand them mm. and so you know this is something that um I say is really a calling. And so it is to me about having that space to serve properly. And as I said, 10 layers, if not more deeper, that's what it's about. So, yeah. yeah. So, so where do you, oh, and you mentioned win, win, win. Yeah. The win, win, win is what I feel about the win, 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 why independence works. It wins for you first and foremost, because one thing that we don't do as social workers is we don't think about ourselves enough. I hear that all the time when I ask social workers, what's your vision for independence? What do you want? Well, I know I'm going to have to work very hard and work nine to five. So, uh, you know, I'm willing to do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm asking you, what do you want? What do you want life to look like? And they say, this is a great question. I've no, never been asked this before. We don't think about ourselves. So it's so a win first and foremost yeah. for you. Because be. you get to live in a way that you choose and you get to have the lifestyle that you want, that you desire, i.e. if you want to work three days a week, then that's what we're going to create. Right. And your business will wrap around that. You know, you've got health difficulties and you need to be having you know, a particular month off in the year, we're going to work on that. We're going to make sure that's incorporated. So your business is wrapped around your lifestyle as opposed to the opposite way around. So you win um, for that reason. You really get to do what you love, what you 
enjoy. All your ideas and dreams are going to come to life in this business. And then it's a win for the local authority because they have somebody to commission. They do not lose the services and the experience of somebody who's going to just exit their profession altogether. They get the benefit of being able to commission an independent social worker to do the piece of work that people on the front line maybe just don't have the capacity to do. And they're going to get to, to do it and, you know, commission those that are really doing the depth they're really doing the work and they're not worrying about funding going to be cut. So that service is going to be cut off for people. Mm. No, there's not going to be a thing of, well, I've tried to engage a family three times. So now we're closing the case. Families are going to be coming to, to us even before they get to local authority. So that's even the, a better a blessing. So Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Local so, authority. So, oh, hold on. That, that, sorry. That leads me to the question. Mm-hmm where do you think social work is going? And I think you've just started to answer it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I think that's part and parcel of it. It's part and parcel of it that, you know, you know, there are two pronged view for me about where it's going because there's the independence, there's the non-independence. So I'm going to come back to that. So that's a win for the local authority because they have somebody that it can commission and they're not going to be bursting at the seams. They can offload that a bit and commission out and then the best people that win are those that are on the receiving end of the service they get to work with somebody who's truly independent from an organization they don't trust they have and we're going to talk plain here because that's usually what it is they have the ability to commission that service themselves independently before social services even get involved or if they are involved they can have them as a, a ally to work with and that doesn't mean that they uh, the independent social worker supports or enables that person but it's about them taking accountability for where they want their life to end up so if social services are happen to be involved if that's the, the situation you know they've got an opportunity to work with somebody who's genuinely independent to genuinely address the issues without mm. having the stick waved at them so that it puts them in a powerful position so it's a win-win-win Right. As I see where social work is going, you mm. know, it, what we are seeing, especially with the cost of living in everything going up now, it's going to be more pressure. We're seeing the trajectory of where it's gone already. Child deaths are still happening. And what we're noticing is the lessons that are meant to be learned are still not being learned. So we have to ask the question, is it that we are not learning and we don't know these things? Or is it something else that's stopping us from actually taking the action and doing what needs to be done? Because social workers know the stuff, you know, we, we know. And I think even, you know, our, our agencies that we're partnering with, they know the basics of what to do. But when you are stressed, you are running on empty, you're nervous, you're working in a, a stressful manner all the time and you're rushing from one thing to the next. You're going to drop the ball. You're going to miss the obvious. You're going to miss the gorilla with the ball going like that. Yes, yes. All you're focusing on is the people doing the dance and, and you know. You're going to miss the obvious. And so that's really what we, until we start addressing that, and that's something that I'm going into, like one of my mentor has suggested to me, I need to write a white paper. So I'm going, I'm doing stuff around social work and looking to create create things and really tackle this. And I've got my own ideas about what I think needs to be happening. I've shared this on my platform before in terms of how the model of social work and how it's set up within the local authorities needs to be reviewed. So, you know, the workforce in social work always works on the on a premise of illegality. Illegality, they have social workers signing contracts that are supposed to be 36, 37 hours, sometimes 35, but they know they're going to be doing more than that. And social workers are not able to um, be remunerated for the full amount of overtime that they're doing. That's unlawful. It's a breach of contract. But I've read, work- I read that. I've, I've read that. <laughs> I've read that recently. Yeah, the workforce accepts it. The workforce accepts mm. it. And same for nurses to- as well. Yeah, same for nurses. Mm. So within the industry, across the mm. board, and probably the same for teachers as well. You know, and, and that can't be allowed. You know, if we are talking as social workers, supposed to have ethical practice, that we practice with our 
our clients, how can as social workers, we're not advocating for ourselves and the industry, the workforce is unethical with us? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. And so no. I, I strongly, strongly believe that there needs to be a change in that. Um, that's something that I, I'm quite passionate about. And I think that's all part and parcel of the road that we're going down is we're going to be seeing more deaths. We're going to be seeing more social workers leave in droves. We're going to be seeing more um inexperienced um and social workers i think that are newly qualified coming in that have that are fearful of the industry but they're coming into it because they want to make a difference but that will translate into how they practice with a lack of confidence and it's one thing you've got to be is confident in this in this profession also you know it sounds like um we're coming to the end of this now and mm. i've got one more i think i've got one more question for you um, but it sounds like, because I, I think that when that these are statutory services, mm. the governments, they've tried to curtail the, the problem by creating shorter courses, um, funded courses like the step up and so forth. And um, frontline, I think was another yeah, one for people yeah. that are very academic I'm as though wondering. being greatly academic is going to help you be a great social worker. They've tried yeah. to plug the gap, uh, you know, the, the house is falling apart, but they're using polyfiller. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that people who do frontline are, are necessarily any worse off or better off, but I'm saying that when you, I, I needed the three years of training, no mm. doubt. And when you've got someone who does one year and they haven't necessarily had the experience, you do have to question that if that's the answer. And, and believe me, there are some great, like I know people who have done frontline who are really good at what they do. Mm. But on a whole, we're, we're creating more risk here. Mm. So I, I always wonder, where is this going with regards to the future of this statutory job? What is the government going to do next? Because it's almost crisis. And I think it's very, been very well hidden at this point. I think it's been in crisis for a long time. Mm. And I think if people, our service users, knew the kind of things that go on behind the scenes, wow. I think we'd have a lot more service users clients um actually you know suing and all kinds of things if we're being completely honest um i think we would see that but um i think local i i i i just want to say that i sympathize with local authorities because it's hard yeah, it is it's not them to it's look after them. a whole demographic um of people in your constituency and who have different needs ages mm. ethnicities culture um and you're trying Complexity. to meet needs um yeah. it's, it's, and you have a, and, they, and they have a limited budget and they, they have, have to a make very uncomfortable we sp I spoke about this in my last podcast last night I've they have to make very uncomfortable decisions yeah yeah and all they can get at the end of it is disdain and hatred yeah yeah but I've yeah. seen both sides of the coin and this is why I'm thinking it, it really calls into to to question how much we may need your service in the industry. Mm. You might be the next thing, to be fair, because we cannot go on like this. Mm. And, and the thing mm. is, I actually love my job. Yeah. I, I yeah. know, I know that there's going to be a limit to how long I'll be here because yeah. of the nature of my job. Yeah. You might be the next thing that yeah. that that takes place yeah. for to, for this whole industry to turn a corner. Yeah, and I and that's the thing. I I don't want people exiting, you know. And it's unfortunate. I mean, I had um, somebody on uh, one of my programs. It was the the Social Work Social Freedom Program, mm. and she had an amazing idea, business idea of what she wanted. In fact, she had several, and we did the reining in. We got her to the place where she found her niche and her specialism, and she was working on it. Um, but she remained in local authority so much so she was sidestepping and stuff rather than taking the leap and leaving because people want to stay for money. But what they don't realize, they're trading time for money. They try, they're trading their inner person for money. And it got to a point where she, she was, it was still just so stressful that she didn't even want to pursue independence. And so she ended in the program part way, um, which was disappointing for a number of reasons. Again, we've lost somebody who's really good that could be doing great things in the industry, but, 
just where she was, she just could not do it any longer. And so the thought of thinking about anything related to social work was a no-no. Wow. And that's when you know somebody's really at their peak of burnout. Mm that they don't want to know nothing about it. So she's going into something completely different, like property developing or something like that. Not that it's not hard work there either, um, yeah. but it just, people are willing to do anything else if it means avoiding what they're currently doing. And so, yeah, yeah that's 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 where I want people to avoid. I want people to be still be in love with it to a point where mm. they something different that can be done and they mm. want to go for that so again local authorities have somebody they can commission you know the the industry people the community still mm. have services that are not relying on budgets um, and government funding that can get pulled at any time but that you know they pay for that they're in control that they are accountable and take autonomy and they're empowered to mm. say I'm getting this help I'm doing this and it, and you know we're not seeing it where social workers are providing services the way you know if you need a plumber you go to a plumber you need um, a roofer you go to a roofer we need social workers that can hit all these different areas of us as individuals that can yeah. help us. And yeah. I think if it's available for people to have that autonomy to go and buy in those services, then they would do it. They would okay. Do it. This has been enlightening. I've, I've got one more thing for you to do. And it's, I want you to try and answer this, this one question, which is divided into three. Okay. I want you to try and answer it, each section in a, in a sentence, just one okay. sentence. So don't 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 mind if you take a few seconds to to, to capture the information okay. and pack it down. Yeah. Right. Your number one tip for a newly qualified social worker: have a plan, strategize, get help to strategize, have a mentor that's outside um, of where you're working. Um, and, and be very strategic in what you want to do. Know why you're doing this. Your number one tip for someone who's experiencing burnout. Make a decision. You have to make a decision. And it has to be the a decision that is going to serve you because not doing anything is also making a decision. And staying where you are is also making a decision. You have to make the right decision that can be uncomfortable and scary, but it needs to be a right decision that's going to, um, in the long run, sustain you and leave the right legacy. Okay. And finally, your number one tip for a social worker who wants to increase their income. Be independent. <laughs> I could say, hey, go get another job, another couple of jobs that would definitely increase your income. But you are not going to have yeah. if you think you haven't got time now, you're definitely not going to have time. That, then. That would be bad advice, though, wouldn't it? That would be very bad advice. Mm. The best thing to do would be to streamline the knowledge experience you have and create your own business. Be self-sufficient and independent. And we can get all of that from yourself, right? Yeah. The service yep. you provide, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. I want to thank I want to thank you for coming on Nicole and thank you. Uh, let me see if I can share this screen again. I appreciate your um your input. It was actually more than I actually um bargained for. I don't oh here it is, yeah. Um it was far more than I thought I would experience. Nicole M Nicole M Louis at sorry, nicolemlouis.com and if you want to become an independent social worker and include or amalgamate or yeah uh, your talents and your passions in to your social work journey this just go to this website and book for a and it says here apply for a free breakthrough consultation yeah. nicole was talking today about what she has done and what she is doing for the, at least for the last 7 years she's experienced She's the one. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, we will see you again. Yes, I would love yeah. to come on again. There's so much more to talk about. So yeah, much absolutely. more to say in the we'll industry. Set we'll set a date um, because people need to know more. And, and I think you provide more than what you said, to be fair. Thank you for your time. Guys, please share this. Please log on to 
nicolemlouis.com to get your independent progression into independent social work. Um, thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.